Uh, we're going to read the Bible together, and the Apostle Paul is going to preach the word to us. Can I get you guys to open up your Bibles, please? And we are in the book of Mark, uh, as we have been for a while. Um, and we are in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, a very famous passage. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And this is the passage where Jesus calms the storm. If you guys want to follow along as we read this, I'll be reading the ESV version. And just a reminder, as we read this, this is the word of God. Verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. Amen. Uh, thanks, Peter. And uh, welcome again to everyone. Uh, it's good to uh, see you, uh, the faces that we can see. It's good to have you join us, um, especially in this time where I think it's so tempting to be uh, lazy, uh, to kind of disconnect from you know, relationships, whether that's relationships with people or relationships with our relationship with God. Um, and so I just want to really encourage you to keep uh, coming to our Zoom meetings and you know, everything else that we have. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I talked about um, the parable of the sower, uh, if you remember, and how it matters uh, on our hearts and our, the posture of our hearts when we come to reading the word. And when I was thinking about it, uh, I think this season where we're on Zoom is, is extremely important for our hearts to be ready every time we come to the word. And so I just want to encourage us because it's so easy to be distracted on Zoom, uh, to kind of lean forward. Um, and to engage with, uh, you know, with God's word uh, together with me. Um, so as Peter shared, uh, we're reading from um, Mark chapter 4. That's what I'm going to preach from. We've been going through Mark, and we'll be going through Mark, you know, for the next at least a uh, couple of months. Um, and if you are writing notes, uh, today's sermon title is Fighting Fear with Faith. Right, fighting Fear with Faith. You know, uh, at the members meeting that we had a couple of months ago, I shared to um, the launch team uh, that uh, it's quite amazing to think that uh, we are just six months young, right? We've only existed for six months. And to think about where God has taken us in those short six months is uh, really incredible. And for me personally, uh, I realized that even more when I kind of think back to how I felt before I decided uh, to plant this church. So if you rewind, uh, I don't know, maybe two years now, uh, when I was wrestling with the decision on whether I will leave the church I was at and whether I'll take this step, and not that I took it by myself, but, you know, with everyone who, who ended up joining, uh, make the decision to plant a church, it felt like I was looking at, like, um, a dark, black future, in a sense. Like, not that because it was bad, necessarily, but it was just unknown. Uh, everything felt uncertain if I took this step. Right? I didn't know... Um, whether my next step would be solid or whether I'd like fall down to my doom, you know. Um, there were so many uncertainties about, um, you know, leaving a secure position at a big church. 
and then just trying to start something. It's like leaving your, your good corporate job and you know, starting up your own business. That's kind of what it felt. Uh, there's uncertainties about you know, whether anyone would want to join, uh, whether we'd start out with a bang and then you know, in a month's time, it'll fizzle out and it'd end up being just me, my wife, and my son. And you know, at that time, we had just found out that we were going to have another child. Right? So it just felt like, well, is this a good time to start a church when you're already busy with a, with a newborn? And you're adding to that financial pressures, uh, mental pressure, uh, spiritual pressure, all of that. It just felt like when I thought about this decision and my future, there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknown. Right? And in that place, and I'm sure we've been there before, as I felt so unsure about what's going to happen, where I had so many questions about what will you know, come about, um, fear inevitably uh, kind of gripped my heart. And I was so afraid of all these things that you know, I didn't have answers for. So afraid of, you know, what if things go wrong? I'm so afraid of you know, the worst case scenario. Right? That's what happens, I think, when you look to an uncertain future, uh, when you're in a place of you know, unknowing, you don't know, you don't have answers, uh, fear rises up and it grips our hearts. Now, looking back now, six months after launch, it's like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> it wasn't so scary. Um, and you know, thanks to everyone who's here, you know, we were journeying the two together and that made an incredible difference. Um, and if I were to plant another church, I think it wouldn't be as scary right? because I've done it before. I kind of know what it looks like. But before, I had no idea, right? Again, looking into a future that was unknown. And I feel like, you know, as we're in COVID, you know, we're all going through this. We've been going through this for the last year, this uh, season of uncertainty, uh, this season where we don't know answers. There are new struggles, new problems, um, things at work, relationships, and we're trying to navigate this thing that we've never been through before, right? Whether it's lockdown, whether it's working from home, whether it's, you know, homeschooling, all these things feel uncertain and we don't have answers to. And in this season, if there ever was a season, fear wants to arise in our hearts, he wants to take over. And the question is, will we respond with fear or will we respond with faith? Right, there are my two points today, responding with fear and responding with faith. And so we're gonna look at these two together. And first we're gonna look at responding uh, with fear, right? responding with fear. That's what the disciples do in our passage today. So let me read uh, verse 35 to verse 37. If you've got your Bible, you can keep it open. We're just gonna go from top down, verse 35. Uh, on that day, when evening had come, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with uh, him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Right? Despite the kind of matter-of-fact language that you know, Mark gives, you know, we went on the boat, we got across, there was a windstorm, you know, water was coming into the boat. Um, this, this is like an intense situation. Um, the word windstorm in, in Greek could be translated as hurricane. So they're like, they're like in, in this intense uh, storm. The NIV calls it a furious squall. I don't even know what a squall is, but you know, there's some intensity there behind that word. I can feel it. Um, there are waves of such intensity that uh, the boat's not just rocking or being tossed around. The waves are kind of breaking over the boat and into the boat. And it says the boat was already filling, right? So their feet are getting drenched with water and they can see it rise. So things aren't good, right? Things aren't good. And the disciples have never been in a storm like this. 
again, like my story, they've never you know, gone through a storm like this in their life. Like, this is an unknown storm. This is an uncertain thing that they're going through. And we know that it's a new kind of storm that they've never gone through. It was later in verse 38, their response is, uh, we are perishing. That's what they say. We are perishing. We're, we're dying. And when you think about it logically, uh, you know that they've never been through this storm uh, if they think they're dying. Because if they've been through a storm like this before, they would know that they didn't die because they're alive right now. Does that make sense? So if they've been through a storm like this, they say, oh, we've been through this before, guys. This is what we need to do. Right? But the fact that they're saying, we're dying, guys, we're dying, it shows that this is a storm unlike anything that we've been through before. And so the first thing I want to point out is that this is what fear does. Right? Fear makes everything seem worse than it is. Right? Fear makes everything seem worse than it is. The first thing that happens whenever we face something unknown or uncertain and we let fear take over our hearts, fear will make everything seem worse than it really is. Now, for the disciples, the way that it shows up is that they conclude we're dying. Right? We're, we're dying, guys. Everyone, but this is over. Our life's over. You know, it's just, we're not going to survive this. That's what they're saying. And the fact that Jesus will rebuke them later, it shows that their response is inappropriate for the situation. Right? So it is intense. It is bad, but they're not dying. But fear has gripped their heart in the face of this unknown, and it's made everything seem way worse than it really is. And if you look at it, what they say is we are perishing. Uh, they didn't say we will perish. Like if we keep going this way, later down, we will perish. They say, no, no, we are perishing. And I love that. It's like they're saying, no, we're already dying, guys. <laughs> Our lives are already over. It's, it's, it's leaving us at this very moment. And, you know, we've all been through this before in some way. Uh, it's a child uh, walking down that dark path for the first time. And fear puts monsters uh, in every pocket of darkness and a man with a scary mask around every corner. Right? Fear is making it seem like worse than it is. And then when you walk down that path the next day in the sun, it's like, hmm, it's not so bad. But when you let fear take over, right, everything seems worse than it is. It's the adult lying sleeplessly in bed, uh, afraid and stressed out about tomorrow. Because tomorrow you have that event or conversation or decision to make. And it scares you because you haven't really done this before. You never had this uh, given a presentation before. You never had this hard conversation before. And you're thinking through all the things that could go wrong, right? all the what ifs. Right? That's fear gripping your heart and making everything seem worse than it is. And most of the time when we get through that day, we look back and we think the conversation wasn't that hard. Right? That presentation I gave, it wasn't so bad. And most, if not all the things we were worried about happening right, never even happened. Right? But it's scary because fear has taken over and everything seems worse than it is. It's the Christian facing the new kind of struggle, right? Maybe that's you right now. It's a new magnitude of struggle, a new kind of struggle. You've never endured this before. A different kind of sickness or illness. Our work dynamics have shifted. Our relationships, right? You've never you know, fought like this before with this person. Gone through betrayal or mental health struggles of a different level. Or maybe your battle with sin. When we face these things, if we let fear arise, the internal voice tells us, right, you can't do it, it's too much, it's hopeless, give up, right? It's, it's worse than it is, 
And so your voice is telling you these things. But again, when you look back, the storm wasn't as scary as you once thought. In all these examples, like the disciples, uh, we're facing an unknown, an uncertainty. We have questions. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what's around the corner. And when fear grips our hearts, that blank, blank, unknown canvas that's ahead of us, fear tells us it's going to be the worst case scenario, right? And then we fall into a spiral of doubt and hopelessness, and we want to give up. All right, the second thing, let's move on. Verse 30, 37. And the great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, that's Jesus, but Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Or do you not care that we are perishing? Or this is the second thing that fear does. Now, have you seen um, the opening of The Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2? Because uh, this, is, this is, what I, is what I imagine. Uh, if you haven't seen it, um, let, you have a let me jog your memory. There's this huge, gigantic slug monster. And it's like wreaking chaos and havoc and people are jumping around and shooting and stabbing and bodies are being thrown all over the place. And the camera follows around baby Groot, uh, who's oblivious to all the chaos around him. And he's just dancing. And do you guys know that scene? And he's dancing and there's bullets and, you know, uh, and screaming around him. Um, and and that, that, this, this story reminds me of that. I feel like that's, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of humorous to me. Um, the disciples are being like smashed um, there's a windstorm and the, the wind is like whipping their face and the waves are stinging and the water's you know, filling the boat and the boat is rocking and in the midst of all this chaos, uh, Jesus is in the stern, asleep on a cushion, right? It's such a contrast to uh, everything that's happening, right? It's funny for us, uh, but again, not for the disciples because they think you know, they're dying. But here's the second thing that fear does. Right, number one, fear makes everything seem worse than it is. Uh, but the second thing is that fear makes God seem worse than he is. Right, fear makes God seem worse than he is. Verse 38 says that Jesus is in the stern asleep on the cushion and the disciples wake him and they say to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Right, don't you care? Right, that's their conclusion. In the midst of all this fear, they're questioning the care and the love of Jesus, right? To, we, we, we know him as God, right? And I think they doubt uh, his care for at least two reasons. And number one is that this is God's plan, right? The thing that they're in is God's plan. If you go back to verse 35, this is Jesus' idea. He says, let's go across to the other side. Now, whether the disciples at that point really understood um, Jesus and how perfect and wise he was you know I, I don't know um but possibly in the midst of the windstorm they could have looked at jesus and said this is your idea right? this was your plan and you brought me into this windstorm where i just feel like my life's going to end um do you really care for me right because on on one hand for us as well we we believe that god is sovereign right we believe god is in control right uh, everything that happens in our life whether good or bad he has allowed it to happen, right? whether it's directly from him and he pleases him or not. Right? That's a different question. But even if it, the devil is attacking us, God is allowing that. So in a sense, everything is in God's plan. But when fear arises and makes everything seem worse than it is, 
we are perishing, my life's over, it's doom and gloom, then God's plan and this life that seems horrendous, right, won't coincide. They, they, they won't be in harmony. And in that moment, we will question whether God really cares because it's his plan and his plan has brought me to this horrendous situation. Right? Do you see how work, fear is working to make us look at God in a bad way? We doubt God's care or God's character because of his plan, but also uh, we see God's presence. So God's plan and God's presence. Right? In the passage here, verse 38, uh, Jesus is with the disciples. Uh, but again, the problem is that in their fear, they think they're dying and they look at Jesus and they expect Jesus in this kind of situation where they're dying, they think. They think he should respond in a certain way. Right? They, they would think that, you know, and, and I think we'd be the same. If you think you're dying in a boat, you'd want Jesus to be, you know, uh, screaming with you, uh, throwing water out of uh, the boat with you, at least, you know, awake, because this is, a, this is a really a dire situation. Um, and so when they look at his presence uh, and his lack of reaction and fear rises, they conclude, well, he must not care because he's letting us just die by ourselves. And that the same with us. We know God is always with us, right? His presence is with us. But when fear grips our hearts and makes everything seem worse than it really is, we also expect God to respond in a way that is appropriate to the situation. Right? But in our minds, the situation is really, really bad. The situation is life or death. The situation is that, God, this is the worst thing in my life. And, you know, like, I really, really need you. I need you to act. I need you to get me out right now. I need you to do something. And so we pray and we expect him to meet our level of expectation. But the problem is fear has made the situation way worse than it is in our minds. For God, this isn't as bad as we think it is. And so when he doesn't respond in the way we want him to, we think, oh, you're with me, but you're not responding. You hear my prayers, but you're not acting. Maybe you don't care. Right? Or whatever it is, in a way, we will begin to doubt his character. But the problem isn't God's plan. The problem isn't God's presence. The problem is that fear, again, has made everything seem worse than it is. And therefore, we expect something of God that is not appropriate. And when he doesn't respond in that way or whatever, we will then think that God also is worse than he is. We need to not be fearful. If we were at more peace and trusting in that situation, we wouldn't expect so much of God. Right? We would understand if God were to extend the time we're in this season. We would be able to see his purposes in it and not always expect him to do something about it. And maybe that's where you and I are right now. You know, I know that this season is very uncertain, again, with work, uh, with homeschooling, um, with health, uh, with you know, how long are we going to be in the lockdown. And in this uncertainty and in an unknown future, uh, it is a prime opportunity for fear to arise. And again, fear will make it worse than it is. If we let it grip our hearts, if we let it rule, and give it the space it wants. We'll always think the worst case scenario. We'll think it's too much for me to handle. We think we can't get through this. We'll feel hopeless through it. And if we let that go through our minds, inevitably, the fear will make God seem worse than he is as well. And we will doubt his care. We'll doubt his love. We'll doubt his goodness, right? Because in our minds, 
this situation is horrible. And I just wanna encourage you not to respond in that way, right? For your own good, for your own benefit, we need to respond with faith, right? So this is the second point and my last point, responding with faith. As the story continues, uh, Jesus is woken up by his disciples and he does two things. He rebukes the storm and then he rebukes the disciples. And we're gonna focus on the disciples, uh, but first he rebukes the storm in verse 39. It says, Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Uh, this, is, this is really amazing. Uh, Jesus controls uh, nature with the power of a few words. And we've seen Jesus' power and authority throughout the Gospel of Mark, uh, especially uh, chapter one. Uh, we're going to see it again in next week's passage uh, over the spirits, over you know, sickness and you know, all of this stuff. Uh, but this is the first time we see him control uh, nature. Uh, you know, for us, you know, we're an advanced, you know, species. Uh, we're, we're like um, techno technologically advanced. Uh, the best we can do is uh, try to predict the weather, uh, but Jesus controls it. Right? With just three words, everything like shifts. You just imagine the clouds parting and the sun streaming through, birds start chirping, you know, and everything's just calm. And the disciples are like, whoa, what, what just happened? So first he rebukes a storm, but the second he rebukes the disciples. Verse 40, um, it says, and Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Or why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Again, the, the problem, as I've been kind of emphasizing in the first point, the problem is fear. Right? The reason why my first point was responding with fear is because that's what Jesus you know, points out. He asks them, why are you so afraid? Why are you overreacting due to the fear that you have? And then in contrast to that, he asks, have you still no faith? Right? Don't respond with fear, respond with faith. But here are the two things that Jesus puts forward. You got fear and then you have faith. And these two are odd, at odds with each other. Faith and fear, uh, uh, fear, fear, fear and faith, let's say it's fear and faith. They're not friends, right? One will like kill the other. And Jesus is saying uh, that if they had faith, they would not have been afraid. If they had faith, they would not have been afraid. If you read what he's saying, he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Right? The implication is if you had faith, the fear would not be there. If they had faith, and I want to be specific here, faith in Jesus, if they had faith in Jesus, they would not have been afraid of this uncertain, unknowable future in the midst of this crazy storm. I want you to imagine a seesaw. Faith and fear are sitting at the opposite ends of this seesaw. And when one rises, the other falls. And when one falls, the other rises. And when we let fear rise or increase in our hearts, it will push out faith, right? Faith will decrease. That's what will happen. If faith falls, right? We're in a situation and we're not responding in faith and our faith is diminishing, just naturally fear will take over the extra space in our hearts on the contrary if we would let faith arise if we would you kind of just preach to ourselves hold on to god's word and in the times of prayer if our faith would rise then like the seesaw our fear will be pushed out and so the invitation isn't just to stop and you know not be afraid somehow uh, but it's to start putting our faith in jesus Right? So it's not just kill fear, 
But the positive aspect to this is activate your faith and put it in Jesus, right? If you put your faith in Jesus, at the same time, you're combating fear. And for the disciples, with every wave that filled the boat with water, their hearts were being filled with fear, right? The fear of the unknown future. And it made everything seem worse than it is. And they concluded, we're going to die. And in that process, as fear increased, their faith in God decreased. What do they conclude? God is worse than he is. He doesn't really care for me, right? You know, 10 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago, they would have said, yes, I believe God loves us. Yes, I believe God cares. But then faith rose, uh, fear rose, faith decreases. And in that moment, their faith in God is shaky. His care, his love, his character right, is starting to be shaken. So by being fearful, they're being faithless. And our encouragement is to be faithful, right, full of faith, and we'll be fearless. Right, so activate your faith and you will do away with fear. But as, as I've been emphasizing, this isn't just a faith in the universe. It's not just faith that, you know, oh, somehow, some way things will work out. This is faith in a particular person. This is faith in Jesus. So we're putting faith in the Jesus we know to combat the fear of, we don't, of what we don't know. Because right? that's the fear, right? I said we're looking into an unknown future. It's uncertain. We don't know what will be around the corner and we start thinking what if and the worst case scenarios. We're combating that which we don't know, our unknown future, with the faith of a known Savior and Lord that is Jesus. Right? That's what we're challenged to do. We see the disciples get a step closer to this by the end of the story. Right? After rebuking the storm, verse 40, it says, Jesus says to them, right, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And verse 41, it's kind of funny. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Right? It's funny because Jesus says, no, don't be afraid, verse 40. And then in verse 41, immediately, they're filled with great fear. Right? It seems like they just mess up. They do the opposite of what Jesus says. Uh, in reality, this is a good response, right? even though it doesn't seem it. Uh, even though Jesus says, don't be afraid, what he's really saying is don't be afraid of the storm. Right? Don't be afraid of the world. Don't be afraid of you know, what you don't know about the unknown future. But what they should be doing is being afraid of him, right? which is what they do. Uh, Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There is a good kind of fear, a godly fear. And to fear Jesus as the one with power and authority, that takes faith. And so what the disciples end up doing is that they end up fearing Jesus more than the storm, or fearing Jesus more than what they don't know. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, you can say it another way. Uh, before this, the disciples had greater faith in the storm than they had faith in Jesus. Right? I'm saying the same thing there. Because in the storm, they had greater faith in the storm's power than in they had faith in Jesus' power. They had greater faith in what the storm could do to them, to their lives, than they had faith in what Jesus can do in controlling their lives. Right? So what they, they needed to do and what we start to see is that they start placing their faith or fear in Jesus above the storm. Right? And that's what we need to do as well. Have greater faith or even kind of fear, a reverent fear toward Jesus and God in what he can do in our lives because of his power 
over everything else that we're facing today. And that's why faith can overcome fear because we're putting faith in what we know. We know Jesus because we have the word. We know his character and we know his purposes. We've seen his power. We know his presence is with us. And if we can hold on to what we know, it will beat all of the fear that we, of what we don't know, the uncertainty about tomorrow. And we anchor ourselves right, on this unmovable, unchanging rock that is Christ so that we won't be swayed by emotions or winds of doubt or waves of hopelessness that fear brings. Right? In the face of you know, illness or, you know, I, I don't know about finances and how we're going to get through this next season, we just anchor ourselves to Christ and we say, but I know this. Even though I don't know tomorrow, even though I don't know how we're going to pay the next you know, bill that we need to pay, I know Jesus. I know he's good. I know that he's loving. I know that he's for me. Right? I know that he's gracious and forgiving. I know this. And you focus on what you know and you fear him and have faith in him. And that is how your fear subsides. Because you know that even though you don't know tomorrow, he does. Right? And he's a God that is worth trusting. Right, imagine if the disciples, after this whole experience, got back in the boat, oh, they're in the boat still, and they just kept going, and they hit another storm. Let's just imagine they hit another storm. Sky darkens again, you know, the waves, they're more intense, the, the, the boat's filling up even more. Uh, do you think they'd be afraid? I think at that, this point, even though fear is starting to rise in their hearts, they'd turn around to Jesus, who's asleep in the boat again, and they'd say, you know what, this is scary, um, but the one here who's with us has more power, right? And I have more faith and really more fear in him than that. And as long as we're with him, I will be okay. And that's really the journey of the Christian. Uh, we look around and it feels like, you know, my future is, is just an endless stretch of darkness and I can't see very far. I don't know what our next turn is going to be. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. Um, but what I do know is that the Jesus that is with me in the boat is trustworthy, is good, is powerful. And I have greater faith in him than my fears of tomorrow. He's the storm tamer. He is the wind whisperer. And, you know, when the disciples see Jesus asleep, I feel like, you know, the response of fear in that moment was, you don't care because you're asleep. But I think the response of faith in that moment, when they see Jesus asleep, would have been um, to just get a blanket and lie down next to him and go to sleep. Right? That, that's true faith. Like, if you had, like, perfect faith, I think that's the response, right? Because despite everything going on, you know that Jesus knows what he's doing. And if he's asleep, well, you know, we can just... I guess, get up close to him and, you know, go to sleep as well, right? That's, that's the response of faith, to really trust in Christ. And that's the encouragement for us. You know, really, whatever storms we face, uh, especially when it's uncertain and unknown, uh, to put our faith in what we do know, uh, what is certain in uncertainty, what is unchanging, which is Jesus, his character, his goodness, his power. And that is what defeats fear, right? That is what rekindles hope. That is what gives us peace. That allows us to count everything as joy despite everything we go through because our faith is in him and we're not fearful 
of what we don't know about our situation. All right, what we really need to do is go to the Bible because that is how we know this Christ. That is how we know his character, his goodness. That is where we find the promises that are, are yes to us in Jesus. Right? We read Romans 8, 28. Right? God is working for the good of those who love him. We read Proverbs 3, 5, 6. We trust in him with all of our hearts. We don't lean on our own understanding. He's going to make our path straight. Right? John 3, 16, Romans 8, 32, that tell us that God loves us by sending his son. And if he sent his son, won't he take care of everything else? Right? James 1, 2, right? we consider it joy when we face trials of various kinds, because we know there's a purpose in that. And we're going back to the word and we're reminding ourselves, we're preaching to ourselves and we're holding on to those truths. We're putting our faith in Christ. And with this faith in Christ, we will get through the storm uh, because we have him. Uh, let me just end with, it's um, another story. Um, you know, I was fearful when I left um, new life and the truth is I was fearful you know when I went into new life I remember um, before I started that position I'd heard of an elder I bumped into at Eastwood uh, that I was taking the position I feel like everyone knew before me <laughs> um, I'd heard it a few times before but when I heard it from this elder I was like oh this this must be real he was like oh, I heard you're going to you know this new position and I was like oh like oh really I haven't heard about it um, but I remember just being filled with so much fear I'm a very pessimistic guy, by the way, if you haven't noticed, I'm very fearful. Um, and I went home and I was like, so many things were rolling through my mind. Like, you're not the right guy. Are you not ready for this? You're going to make a mess of this. Or you just need at least you know, 15 more years uh, teaching high school <laughs> and maybe you'll be ready. I was going through so much fear. And I just remember, um, and not that I do this all the time, by the way, I'm not trying to um, toot my horn, but you know, I just remember like having no other answer but to fall on my face before God in prayer and I remember wrestling through just all of that fear that I was going through um, holding on to him um, I was remembering people like Moses uh, weak people in the Bible that God used and it's just the details don't matter but by the end of it I just remember that my faith in God and who he was and what he was doing left me um, with so much peace and I didn't have all the answers, um, but what I did know uh, was that, you know, God is trustworthy and God is strong in weakness and God has a plan and he will you know, accomplish whatever his plan is. He loves his church right, more than any of us and he will do what is right in his sight. I just remember leaving that place of prayer certain about him, uh, maybe not certain about anything else, maybe not certain about my future, uh, but I was sure of him and that made all the difference. And I just want to encourage us, you know, whatever you're going through, uh, through COVID, or uh, whatever fear you're going through as you look at your unknowns and uncertainties, uh, we look to him, right? And we find our peace, our joy, our hope in him. Right? I want to encourage us to do that as a church.